Welcome back yet again to another Motivating Force podcast. I am Josue and joining me as always is Justin. Now, welcome back to part two of Einstein and the Law of Motivation. So coming back from last week, guys, hopefully you check that one out. You heard us talking about Einstein's childhood, how he got so entranced by the compass and the invisible forces. And he got so entranced by his sacred little iPad, I mean sacred little geometry book, that he started following along uh, the field of physics and started, you know, becoming one of the greatest physicists that we've ever known in the world. But starting where we left off with our Leo DiCaprio moment, where he then spoke about relativity instead of the photoelectric effect upon receiving his award for the photoelectric effect, um, he also launched the new science of cosmology. And that's where I start getting interested because you guys know me and how last episode I was talking about astrology. I love it. Hence why Neil deGrasse Tyson speaks my language and not math, but he's able to explain things about space to me in a very uh, dumbed-down version. Uh, But his equations predicted that the universe is dynamic. It's expanding or contracting. This contradicted the prevailing view that the universe was static. Everybody thought that you know, planets were in one spot. You give it, you know, a longitude and a latitude in space, and that's where it's always going to stay. But in fact, Earth is getting farther away from Venus, Mercury, Mars, as the sun is getting farther away from other stars. Because remember, we're also coming from a time where humanity thought the Earth was the center of the universe. So as more and more research goes into these different fields, the more of a better understanding we have of our own universe and where we live. I mean, on the larger scale of things, imagine having the audacity to be so egotistical that you're like, my planet is the center of everything. And then you see how massive the universe actually is, and then you realize that your planet is going to become a cold, barrenless wasteland because it's actually just continuing to get further away from your sun which is getting further away from the sun that that sun follows, which is expanding out of the galaxy from other galaxies. <laughs> yeah. And it's soon going to be like this dissipation yeah. of nothing. Damn, dude, your heart seems like a cold, barren wasteland. You got to remember, these people didn't have our telescopes or satellites. They didn't know. Oh, but yeah, it was strongly based on ego. Yeah. And that's, I think it was the uh, heliocentric universe or the plan for the universe that they came up with like the sun-centered universe or solar system i mean but yeah now if anybody comes up to you and says you know the earth is flat sorry i mean that the earth is the center of the universe you think that they're dumb right right but upon realizing that everything expands or contracts because he wasn't certain he just had the theory that it either expanded or it contracted he reluctantly introduced a cosmological term to stabilize his model of the universe In 1929, astronomer Edwin Hubble, which you guys are all familiar with the Hubble Space Telescope, uh, he found that the universe was indeed expanding, thereby confirming Einstein's earlier work. And fun fact here, after meeting with Hubble, Einstein declared that the cosmological constant was his greatest blunder. But recently we have satellite data that shows that constant isn't quite zero, but actually dominates the matter-energy content of the entire universe. 
Some people say that Einstein's greatest blunder apparently determines the fate of the universe. I mean, is it really a bad thing if you determine the fate of the universe? I mean, that's what's going to cause the, uh, what is it, the cold, uh, no. The cold, barren wasteland of the planet? Yeah, what it's going to come out to be. Yeah. Because we're expanding, we're going to get to a point in Earth's life because it's relative to the size of Earth and not to human beings living on it that are minuscule compared to the size of the planet, which we discussed before. But relative to the size, it's going to get farther and farther from the sun until we freeze to death. And then the planet freezes over. But I mean, like, why would you hate the guy for that? Like, if somebody came up to you and was like, hey, I saw your future, and uh, by the way, you're going to get stabbed to death. Like, are you going to hate that dude? Or are you going to be like, thanks for looking out? Yeah. You know? I mean, I didn't say that they hated him. It's just... Well, they call you know, it his blunder. They, he called it his greatest blunder. Oh. They're saying that it's not just a great blunder, but that his little, you know, hiccup it also determines the fate of the universe. Right, right, right. This thing that, you know, he kind of accidentally thought about yeah. is going to end the world in his fate. Like, not in his favor, but he kind of predicted the possible end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By and discovering something, he was like, oh, wait, this is how we all die. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. It's not that they hated him. It's well, just like poetic. he accidentally found something that is going to cause the end of the world. Right. Obviously not anytime soon. <laughs> relative to things not us right or i should say because this isn't jewish physics right it's a yeah it only happens sometimes relativity is only you know this joke isn't working but after talking to edwin hubble during the same visit to california einstein was asked to appear alongside the comic actor charlie chaplin which is very funny because he was avoiding hitler you know, and then he meets another guy with the same mustache. Hmm. He actually met him during the Hollywood debut of the film City Lights when they were mobbed by thousands and Chaplin remarked, quote, the people applaud me because everybody understands me and they applaud you because no one understands you. And then Einstein asked Chaplin, what does it all mean? And Chaplin replied, nothing. <laughs> I love that. You get out there and you say something that sounds super profound and everybody's just like, but you explain know, that. And you're just like, yeah, it don't mean shit. You know what the equivalent of this is? What? A Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk. Uh, a right. comedian and a genius. Right. Get in one room, they talk about it, and they eventually just smoke weed and talk about nothing. <laughs> yeah. What'd you learn from this episode? Nothing. Elon Musk likes weed, I guess. Right. That's <laughs> what everybody talks about. Uh, but not only did he hang out with Hitler stash Chaplin, but he was also in communication with Sigmund Freud. And coincidentally, both of them had sons with mental problems. I mentioned this because it's going to make sense in a little bit. Uh, but they would talk about on whether war was intrinsic to humanity. Obviously, looking back on it, it does make sense. It seems like it is intrinsic to humanity. But remember, there... Uh, Sigmund Freud, he's what? A psychologist. Mm -hmm. He studies psychology. And then this guy speaks math and physics. And just two smart guys in the room trying to make conversation. Yeah. What's constant to the human race? Yeah. What's relative to humanity? War. Ooh, there you go. But since we're on the subject on spirituality, Einstein also clarified his religious views, which I haven't talked about since he was 12. 
uh, stating that he believed there was an old one, quote unquote, who was the ultimate lawgiver. He wrote that he did not believe in personal God that intervened in human affairs, but instead believed in the God of the 17th century Dutch Jewish philosopher Benedict de Spinoza, the God of harmony and beauty. And his task, Einstein's task, he believed was to formulate a master theory that would allow him to read the mind of God. Can you imagine? Now that is ego. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, it's actually quite beautiful because he's trying to make, he's thinking that his reason for being on earth is to come up with a theory that's really going to help everybody understand what's the meaning of everything. Yeah. How did whoever created this put everything into place? Why did you put us on this planet? Why did you put us this far back from the sun? Why did you make my iPhone turn off after 16 hours of nonstop playing on it? Like, what's going on here, guy? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting, too, because you take somebody like that, right? You're talking about these profoundly smart people, and they're saying, essentially, like, I'm going to find the formula that allows me to get into the mind of God, which is the modern-day interpretation of, I'm going to figure out the meaning of life. Yeah. what we're all circling around for right and it's it's funny because we have people at that level trying to do something to figure it out on a very real sense and then you have people like us or people more professional than us in motivational <laughs> speaking terms and life coaching terms who also uh, have careers depending on people seeking out the answer towards the meaning of their life yeah and the difference is with us and people like us on a much more successful scale <laughs> and minor scale as well, mind you. We've kind of picked one answer and we just ride that wave. Yeah. You know, like what's the meaning of life? That's easy. It's whatever you want it to be. Let's <laughs> talk about that. And then we go from there. Whereas like these more like profound thinkers are just like, no, no, no. There's a formula we can figure out for this. So it's pretty interesting because then the other interesting part is nobody has the answer. Yeah. And that's why it's kind of beautiful too and not really as egotistical as I kind of made it out to be. Because remember, there's also people hundreds of years before that were trying to make the Philosopher's Stone. Right. That was their way of dedicating their life to trying to find this thing in chemistry that would create, like that would turn anything into gold. They were just trying to get rich. Yeah, plain and simple. These guys are looking out for their own best interests. Well, to them, that was the meaning of life. Exactly. And then now this guy is like, I'm just trying to find reason with everything so then everybody understands why they're here and they don't have to start wars. They don't have to kill people just because they're different. They can just do their task and we all are on the same page. But since we were just talking about spirituality and God being, you know, the old one or not, uh, how can we forget the destroyer of worlds? Hopefully everybody else isn't like Justin and they know what that reference is. And if you don't, I'll get to it soon enough. But during Einstein's lowest point of his life, his son Edward was diagnosed with schizophrenia and suffered a mental breakdown uh, that, and had to be institutionalized for the rest of his life. And that, my friends, is the reason why I brought up that Sigmund Freud and him had sons that had mental problems uh, because unfortunately, like I said, his son 
how to be institutionalized. And his closest friend, Einstein's closest friend, committed suicide along with his wife, who happened to be his cousin, uh, died within the six-year time span. Right, So son got institutionalized, his best friend died, and his wife all died within a six-year time span. I left out that his wife was also his cousin before um, because it wasn't the first wife that I mentioned. That's on me. My bad. I didn't want to point that out, but I did. Uh, but on top of all of that, he found out that physicists were considering if his equation E equals MC squared might actually make an atomic bomb. When you hear somebody's using your work to do some dirty things around the world, it's going to upset you. So then after word broke throughout the physics community that the people were actually splitting atoms, steps were actually being made, my guy. Einstein was convinced by a colleague to write a letter to President Roosevelt himself, warning him to start creating this bomb before other powers figured it out. Gets you thinking, like, if something you thought of can turn out very bad for the world, you might want to make sure that you're on the side that can create that thing first. See, but I love it so much because it's the real work of a lazy man, right? Because it's like, you go through and formulate this groundbreaking, revolutionary, this is how things in the world work, right? And then you realize people can take that formula and make weapons of mass destruction with it right and you're kind of like oh i need to tell the good guys about this and then you go to the good guys and you're just like hey people are using my formula to make atomic bombs and you guys should probably make one first because you're the good guys and then the good guys go great since you made the formula maybe that means you can help us make it faster and he goes i'm gonna go on vacation <laughs> see ya <laughs> and that he does but Backtracking real quick, don't you think that, as we've mentioned, he escaped uh, Nazi Germany because those, as he said, uh, it makes you think of how low of species we come from, right? Uh, then talking to Sigmund Freud about how war is an innate trait in humanity, right? That human beings, when they're a group of human beings, only want conflict and only want war. He creates this this equation e equals mc squared that could be applied and was applied to creating something that would destroy instead of human beings taking that and using it for something that could could possibly create right so he probably got depressed but who knows um it's funny that you did mention vacation because that's exactly what he did and soon after he was on vacation when he heard the news of the bombs landing in japan we all know what bombs we're talking about. And the creator of those bombs, J. Robert Oppenheimer, became known as the father of the atomic bomb and is famous for the quote. This is why I mentioned it. Stick around. Listen closely. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but shortly after the atomic bomb, scientists were stuck on finding the answers to the question if they should work towards making a hydrogen bomb next. Well, that did a lot of damage. Let's make one blow up even bigger. Yeah. Sounds like a terrible idea until you realize we're like 17 stages past the atomic bomb. Yeah, I would say even more. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now it's just who can hold their fingers off the trigger the longest. Yeah. 
Uh, but then Oppenheimer, the director of the Atomic Bomb Project, was stripped of his security clearance for having suspected leftist associations. Some would say he got canceled for leaning too far left. Anyway, Einstein backed Oppenheimer and opposed the development of the hydrogen bomb instead, calling for international controls on the spread of nuclear technology, while also being increasingly active in anti-war activities and to advancing the civil rights of African Americans. So straight up, this guy was a modern day superhero. He was the Batman without the superpowers and without the money. He was just all brains, all heart. This was a good guy. I mean, that's a, a lengthy list of accomplishments there. And then uh, to be as profound of a thinker as Albert Einstein, uh, I guess a really good application for us is seeing how people of this type of magnitude, which, by the way, there are people like him today that are alive, and seeing the... the I mentioned him earlier. Yeah, Elon Musk. Joe Rogan. Oh. Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there are people of that magnitude today and, and of that type of intelligence. And then to see the things that they devote their time to, uh, I mean, these people are no slouch. They know how important their time is on this world, and they feel the weight of their responsibility for what they have to give to the world, as you can tell with a lot of these stories with Albert Einstein. And... Um, the two main issues he thought were worth most of his time in his later years in life all were centered around peace in the world and creating a fair structure for the human race. Makes you think. Makes you think a lot. Yeah. And it almost makes you have like such a negative feeling towards humanity that the groups of people would then take his beautiful creations of his his equations, his theories, and work a way around that to make it destroy things, to make it easier for people to, you know, wipe out towns, cities, countries, instead of creating beauty out of it, instead of creating a better understanding of this place we call home, which is Earth. And I would not only say that Einstein was ahead of his time, but he drastically improved our world and how we understand the universe as a whole. This not only tells you the life and achievements of Albert Einstein, but hopefully we can get you guys to see how one man can change the world so incredibly. If you have any interest in anything, a hobby you are passionate about, you can become just as influential in that field as Albert Einstein was to physics and the world in general. You just have to follow those goals you set for yourself and be disciplined. Don't let people doubting you change your path. Hell, Hitler tried to ruin Einstein with the help of a hundred other scientists and he couldn't make the guy budge. So let those who are trying to weigh you down go bother someone else because you and your goals are more important than dragging any dead weight around at any time in your life. Well, it's amazing. You know, we got a lot of respect for the dude, obviously, for many different reasons, all the things he created. Nowadays, uh, I'd want to say that people actually have less of an excuse to not have so much outreach in their lives due to the increase in modern technology. And um, with simple things, I mean, like Facebook, you know, Instagram, like all these social medias and stuff, people can make it so easy to get their message heard. 
um, which is exactly what we're doing. So if you would like to hear more of our messages, you can check out the Facebook. You can check out the Instagram. We're on those platforms for you guys. All those links are going to be down below. We are also on YouTube where we upload kind of the more important highlights and meat of the episodes. All those get over on the YouTube. Um, you know, you get to see our beautiful faces over there as well. So definitely, definitely check that out. Um, otherwise, we are on Anchor FM. So wherever your favorite podcasting platform is, we upload to that platform. Feel free to check that out. We upload every Monday at 8 a.m. EST. So until next week, go on and get...